Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The year is with Red and Bobby. Welcome back to The Year Is Podcast, the podcast where every episode, me, comedian Bobby Mayer, and Red Richardson, also a comedian, yep, allegedly. Oh, don't be horrible. We travel back in time to a year in history. We talk about the most interesting and weirdest things from that year. This episode, we're going back to 1995. Uh, before we start, though, Bobby, anyone who listened to last week's episode will know that we did an IQ test. Um, and Bobby got a, a world record score of 200 in the IQ yeah, test. Yeah, from a very reputable IQ website, we, I was deemed the smartest man in the world ever. But it was a huge revelation after the test, uh, and it turned out Bobby actually cheated on the test. So he didn't just cheat him, uh, cheated himself, he, he cheated you lot, the listeners and viewers, and um, and it was uh, not not a good thing to do. I didn't it? cheat. What happened was the test was on a computer. Yeah. There was a couple questions where I just wanted to check my answers, so I Googled them. That sounds like cheating to me. It's not cheating. No one no <laughs> did we did we pre-establish that you could not Google well, yeah, answers? It's an IQ test, so it's just meant to be your brain. You're not meant to cheat and find the answers out from Google. My brain told me that Google would know better than I do. So therefore my brain guided me in the direction of the right answer. Well, uh, it's up to the people listening or watching to make their minds up about whether you're a cheat. Uh, you can also comment underneath the, the video if you want. I didn't cheat. You can tell people to write in or comment or what you know, whatever they're going to do. You can get the opinions of the masses yep. of, of the people who love this podcast. But I, I know in my heart, I did not cheat. I used... Google. Everyone who enjoys any podcast uses Google hundreds of times a day. So it kind of makes sense to me that in a test, Google is now just a part of the test. Okay, so let's say, for example, you were on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Okay. Uh, would you be allowed to have Google... As a lifeline, yes, I would. Actually, once. once. Yeah. Well, now, no, and it get, wouldn't. It wouldn't. You'd get to ring someone who you, you'd assume has Google on the no, other you end get of the phone. Three lifelines when you do phone a phone a friend, split audience vote. Well, we didn't talk about it, but in my mind, my lifelines mm. for the IQ <laughs> test were Google, Google, and Google. So I googled two to three things. You're Lance Armstrong of the IQ world. Yeah. 
a guy who maybe did some things he shouldn't have done, mm-hmm. however, is still very impressive. Yes. Uh, do you know he actually invested in Uber, Lance Armstrong? Like early? Yeah, 2010, when it was worth, the company was worth $3 million. He put like 100 grand in. Oh, so no. now he's worth serious amounts of money. That guy just, he, he, he lands on his feet. Yeah. I think he's probably the least sympathetic cancer patient in history. (laughs) I like the guy. Because also you find out that if you were to disqualify everyone who was on drugs when he was coming first, number like 28 would have won. So, look, they're all... But he did intimidate and, like, ruin people's lives who tried to expose him. Yeah, but they him. were trying to squeal on him. <laughs> <laughs> they were but, trying... yeah, but that makes you a bully. Yeah. And an asshole. Yeah, but sometimes if someone's trying, you know, the only thing to do is <laughs> intimidate and ruin their life. Because <laughs> otherwise that your life will be ruined. Yeah. <laughs> it's basic psychology. Um, no, he, he, yeah, he did some bad... I just love that he's... You just sort of... Because like, I watched a documentary on him and I was like, I wonder, like... Because he got sued for, like, 80 million pounds. Yeah. I wonder, and he's like, oh, I'm kind of destitute. And then you find out you fucking invested in Uber, 100 grand in 2010. So he would have made a lot of money from that. And now he's a rich guy who went from, do you remember him in Dodgeball when it was like (laughs) Vince Vaughn's about to quit? And he goes, yeah, I can see why you're going to quit. You know, life's hard sometimes. You know, I had testicular cancer and then couldn't ride. And then I broke my back and then I won all the races. And it's this whole thing of Vince Vaughn, like taking on board, like, oh, you should never quit because this guy never did. And it just turns out he was just juiced up to the nines. Bit like you with the old Google. Let's just get into the podcast. Okay, You're going to bully me <laughs> off the top. I'm going to, I, you know, I build a studio. I invite you in to do a podcast with me. I have the idea for the podcast, and what you choose you to did. do is bully me on, on my own podcast. Did you find the idea on Google? No, I was inspired. <laughs> you search good podcast ideas. I was inspired by other, you know, this episode, yep. we're traveling back to 1995. Okay. I was six years old in 95. How old were you? I was nine years old. Wow. I could have, again, kicked the shit out of you. That's another year. <laughs> I just, we established in the first episode in the year 2000, I could have kicked the shit out of you. And I'd just like to reiterate that in 1995, <laughs> nine-year-old Bobby would have beat the shit out of six-year-old Red. Okay, well. I don't think I could now necessarily. You've got a bit of weight on me, but in 95, my punches would have rained down upon you like fire as you cowered. I bet you were a really short kid, too. I was really short and uh, yeah. Yeah, skinny. Actually. I could have kneed you in the head. Yeah, you were always a tall, tall boy. I was I was fairly tall and skinny, yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, you were skinny as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> right, what have we found? Okay, I'll, I'll get into this. Okay. So, this is a story I love. In 1995, French woman, Jeanne Calmet, Reach the confirmed age of 122 years and 164 days, making her the oldest person who ever lived. God. At that time, or just has that still not been beaten? Unbeaten. Really? Yeah. No one has ever been older than this lady was old. What was her secret? Did she, was there any tips? She never worked a day in her life. Okay, really? Was she rich? Yeah, her husband took care of that stuff. She oh, nice, swimming, nice, okay. Rock climbing. She smoked. 
Really? She smoked. Well, she quit at 117. <laughs> Why? I don't. <laughs> you kind of go, what's the point? I think of that? she realized maybe this is going to take some years off my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was there like a rival who was like, and she just thought, you know, I'm going to put down the fags, beat them I by five years? I don't think so. God, what, imagine what seeing an 117 year old smoke. <laughs> it would. It's so depressing because you you still smoke sometimes. occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Every day. Yeah. You smoke every day. Occasionally every day, yeah. And I smoke when you're around. Okay. But so you're you're slowly killing me. Mm, hopefully. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Sorry, Bobby. Like, I, I, I've mostly quit smoking. Mm-hmm. And I get so annoyed when you see, like, a 90-year-old smoke. Why? Because you're like, yeah, you fucking... You've, you've beat the game. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I knew... I could live to be a hundred and smoke. I would smoke. I know that's the problem. I wish we had a machine that could tell you how long you could carry on and go, if you just cut down this and do this, you're fine. Yeah. Or if you don't cut anything out, how long will I live? Yeah. yeah, If I'm a complete pig, that's what I want to (laughs) know. That's what I want to know because scientists keep giving us, life expectancy Mm. your life the 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 average societal life expectancy is 82 Mm. what i want is the average life expectancy for people who live like pigs yeah 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 yeah. i want to know how long would i because because maybe i would live to be 88 if i'm very healthy but if i smoke if I eat everything, if I'm just gamble constantly and my heart rate is really high, maybe I'll still be 85. Mm-hmm. I'd trade that. Yeah, three years, you know. It's, a, it's, a, it's worth it, you know. Yeah, but maybe I die in two years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They don't make it clear. The science is focusing on how long people live, what we can do to live longer. It's like, no, no, what I want you to tell me is how long I can live if I'm disgusting. The doctors are fucking us, basically. Yeah, they're fucking us. They're not focusing on the right thing. No, they mean to make it more personal. And then you see people like this lady. Oh, she likes, she gets to be 122 years old. Mm. Smoke. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Actually, fuck this lady. Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm angry at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to quit smoking at 117. Yeah. And by 117, she must have been... How did she even get... Well, someone must have brought her fags, you know? There's no way she's walking down to the shop to buy cigarettes. But also, everyone she ever knew was dead. Yeah. For years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder when her husband died. He died in, um, I think, the 40s? Okay. I'll look it up. That's the thing about dying of at that later age is you go, yeah, it's kind of not worth it. You don't really know anything. You don't know anyone. Everything's different. Yeah. Her husband was born in 1868 <laughs> and died in 1942. Jesus. And then she lived another 53 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like that song from Hamilton. Do you, ever, do you like no, Hamilton? No, I've never seen it. Oh, come on. I love Hamilton. Okay, I've never seen it. You, you don't like musicals. I hate musicals. But... I hate musicals too, but Hamilton broke through. Okay. Yeah, it's annoying. It's like, you know, it it sounds like someone in university wrote a rap. Okay. But it's so good. It sounds terrible. And then at the, the end, Hamilton's wife is rapping to dead Hamilton. Oh my God, this sounds like and the worst says, thing ever. And she says, I lived another 50 years, Elijah. That sounds awful. It's not awful. Okay. 
It's great. There's a reason <laughs> it's one of the most famous musicals in the world. The soundtrack is amazing. Well, I will not be watching it because you just pitched it like that. A rap written by a university student and there's a rap at the end to a dead person. There's rap. The whole thing is rap. It's uh, all rap. It's that, three no, hours I, I, of rap. I, I can't do that. I like rap music. I don't like it in musicals. That's How do you know? Because I know what I like. You know? You've never seen I've it. I've been on You've this never... planet for 32 years. I'm, I know what I like and I like what I know. I like white socks, white t-shirts. Don't like rap musicals. The thing is, sometimes things are so great you can't imagine them until you see them. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think this might be one of those cases with Hamilton. Well, maybe I could go watch it. It's on Disney Plus now. You could. Watch oh, it's it. a film as well. They, well, they filmed the music. Oh, God. Okay, I could check that out, I suppose. I'll do that at some point. If I live to 122, I'll, I'll be sure to, <laughs> to spend one of those hours checking out Hamilton. thing about 122 is if you were going to live to be 122, you are only one quarter through your life. Mm. Doesn't that feel good? Yeah, all quite scary as well. Because you just sort of, the world slips away from you as you get older, doesn't it? You just sort of go, what's that? Why has that person got a face tattoo and then suddenly everyone's got one and you go, oh, and you're just alone with the old ways stuck in your head, scared, I keep thinking angry. about, like, because we just had our daughter about a month ago. Mm. Uh, not me and you. No. <laughs> no. Me and Red just had a daughter. <laughs> um, I birthed her. Yeah, yeah. We and uh, I, I was just looking at her there, thinking, "You, there's a good chance you are gonna live to see the 22nd century." Yeah, that's crazy. That's mental. That's absolutely mental. I've created a creature that, and then a, it feels like I don't. A small part of me isn't gonna die. And I kind of get to be in the 22nd century. It always leads back to this. Your horrible thirst to live forever. Yes. (laughs) You can't even look at your daughter without having a selfish thought about your own immortality. Yes. I like like mortality. The thing is, well, I want to be immortal. Maybe I might have kids and then those kids will be and they go, oh, grandpa Bobby May or great grandpa Bobby May. And we have the technology now that this can be saved this moment. So... Bobby's kids and grandkids and great-grandkids, hello from the past. I am Bobby's friend and co-podcaster. Uh, just so you... He was a cock. <laughs> but, but... He used to cheat in tests. He was, he was rude. He was a bully. Hello. By the time... By the time in the 22nd century that they're listening yeah. or watching this, yeah. the word cock will be some kind of horrific slur <laughs> that we're now unaware of. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh my god! <laughs> and also, what you have to keep in mind is shortly after we recorded this episode, our friendship fell apart. <laughs> we never spoke a lot again after this. Keep that in mind. This was a short-lived relationship. This man, if we're going to call him that, was oh not my. a big part of my life Oh my god! for most of it. Yeah, it was a small period. 
Okay, so what did she do with her time, this lady? What, what, so uh, she, she obviously didn't work, so that's a, long, that's a lot of free time, 120 years. I don't know, she liked painting, mountaineering, she... Amazing. Swimming, like, just things, just leisurely activities. Oh, brilliant, yeah. A lot, a lot of lot of free time. What did um, what did she do for money when her husband died? Was she just, he just left her money? Um. Oh, so... That's a good question. In 1965, age 90, mm-hmm. in 65, you think, well, this lady's going to die soon. So she's 90. It's like Vietnam Beatles. You know what I mean? <laughs> her family is gone. Yeah. Uh, she signed a life estate contract on her apartment with um, like a landlord selling the property in exchange for right of occupancy and a monthly revenue of 380 euros. So he bought the thing off her going, you're going to die, but the deal was he pays her 360 a month. 380. 380 a month, sorry. And so he just thought, oh, she's 90, so so I'll buy this on the cheap. Yes. Oh, my God. And then she died (laughs) 30 years later, by which time the guy's name was uh, Andre Fensois Raffray, and he had given her... Double what the apartment was worth. Oh, that is so funny. That must have, because he was. No, no, no. Then he died. Oh. And his son had to continue paying this (laughs) immortal woman. And then they asked his son about it, and he said, well, in life, sometimes one makes bad deals. Well, it wasn't a bad deal, though. You can completely see his thinking. Yeah. You turn up, there's a 90-year-old answer the door smoking a cigarette, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you know, you, you buy it on the cheap, and when I die, f- you get it. And you're like, yeah, sure, have another cigarette. <laughs> yeah, give me a few hundred a month. Yeah, and- yeah. You, you'd be like, I'm in for the steal of the century. Can you imagine every birthday, he must have just been, the presents got more extreme. He's like, here's a kayak, uh, here's some fentanyl, <laughs> here's a soup uh, flown in from the Wuhan market. Yeah. You know how I gave you cigarettes last year and you smoked them? Yeah, I've got you these new cigarettes. Um, There's no filters on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'll really like what it gives your lungs. Just try. <laughs> also, stop exhaling. When yeah. you breathe in, just let it. We need to rock you some just, of the just inside. hold it in. It's good for your belly. You know how you like Christmas? I bought a snow machine for your room. (laughs) We want to bury you. I hate you. You're stealing my money, you old cow. And then he dies and she lives on. That's insane. That is so funny. (laughs) Have you ever wanted to go skydiving? How did he die? I wonder. He probably shot himself because <laughs> he's living with this old smoking woman who won't die. <laughs> Just cigarettes nonstop. <laughs> Sounded like such a good deal because it wasn't a bad deal. It was a good deal, but he found out um, the hard way from this woman. <laughs> also, you know, this woman was born in the 1870s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's crazy is she met Van Gogh. No. She was introduced to him by her former husband in her uncle's shop and remembered the meeting as a disappointment, described him as ugly and very disagreeable, adding that he reeked of alcohol. Well, in his defense, wasn't he like a lifelong genius that never got noticed until he died? Yeah, Van Gogh is incredible. Van Gogh was from a family of art dealers. Mm -hmm. So a family of people who could make artists famous and no one would touch him. And over the course of two years, while no one was buying his paintings, he painted 800 paintings. 
so she was like, he's not very personal. He stank of alcohol. Fair enough to him. You know what I mean? Like if your family worked in the art dealing business, you were Van Gogh and no one's buying your stuff. You are going to drink and you are going to get pissed off. Sorry, horrible landlady. So you're defending Van Gogh? Yeah, of course. He'd be fucking fuming. He's a genius and no one's buying any of his stuff. He dies penniless. He cut his own ear off. And she's there like, yeah, he stank of booze. It's like, well, I'm sorry. My favorite uh, Van Gogh story is about, it's not even about him. Mm -hmm. The only reason we know who he is has nothing to do with Van Gogh. Very little to do with Van Gogh, or even his brother, who always gets credit for being his carer, and it's actually his brother's wife. Yeah, Because yeah. within a short period of time, his Van Gogh died, and then his brother died. And his wife was left with kids, no money, and a bunch of Van Gogh paintings that were worthless. Mm-hmm. But she thought they're pretty good. So she, with no previous experience in the art world, she wasn't from the art world, she started putting on exhibitions and only selling off like kind of a few paintings here or there, but holding on to the bulk of Van Gogh's paintings. And over the course of her life, she got him recognition. And then by the end of her her life, Van Gogh was a famous painter. Oh, nice. So yeah, that was, she just went around. But it took years and years for them to be worth anything. Yeah. He had the worst kind of fame, isn't it? The posthumous <laughs> glory. Yeah, I don't know. There's there hasn't been any posthumous podcast fame yet. No, not where yet. someone had a podcast listened to by a small but very loyal <laughs> group of people, and then one of the hosts, let's say the the shorter, portly one, murdered the tall, hot, skinny one <laughs> because he wanted to replace him. <laughs> And then their podcast was just discovered to be great. Well, imagine if we were doing this podcast. And 20 years later. We're doing 800 episodes a year, and then you bump into some horrible landlady who goes, hey, stink of booze, and, you know. Oh, I stink, do I? I'm sorry. That's funny she kept charging rent, even when she's like, I like the idea that she's like 121, and it's like. <laughs> she's got a calendar with rent day written on it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Where do you think you're going? Give me the 380 euros. A Thank deal's you a deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. Pay up. <laughs> Where, what would she even spend it on by that point? She probably just had a, a drawer full of cash. I don't know. Mm. Probably just picture frames for everyone and she knew that was dead. <laughs> <laughs> she kept us, uh, her mind, though, obviously. Because you think, you know, 110, you can start like, oh, I paid you yesterday. Do you not remember? I don't know. if Keeping your mind is so overrated. Yeah. Well, not for her, because, you know, if she would sort of lost it, they could just start giving her like pieces of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your rent. Oh, thanks so much. You know, and just light up their cigarette again. It is the overrated, keeping your mind. Imagine her saying to the son when she's 117, oh, by the way, I've quit smoking. <laughs> But he's still paying her. She just decided to quit smoking just to prolong it for another five years. Can I talk now? Yeah, go ahead. Twice I tried to talk. Okay, go on. I was just going to say that it's overrated having your wits about you. Why? My grandma's 102. Yeah. I visit her. She still does a crossword puzzle every day. She's super sharp. Knows who you are. She knows. Of course she knows who I am. So is that why it's bad? (laughs) No. (laughs) I would much prefer... To be completely healthy in my body and have no idea what's going on. Like your mind slips away when your body's healthy. 
yes, it's horrible for the people who have to take care of you, mm. but I'm not them. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is in a previous episode, you talked about how if you're a billionaire, you just like shit yourself <laughs> and not brush your teeth. Sounds like you losing your mind is the same as you having a billion pounds. All I'm saying mm, is you just don't want to move. Like you read articles and people like are like selling things to save up for their own funeral. Mm. It's like, listen, I'm dead. Yeah. Not my concern. Throw me in the Thames. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot me out of a cannon <laughs> at the Queen. Did you yeah. see in Ireland? This is a crazy story. Mm. A couple of days ago in Ireland, two guys walked into a post office and said, hey, uh, we would like to, uh, how do we get a senior's pension? And they're like, um, we can't just give you a guy's pension. He would have to come in. So then they brought the guy in and the guy like wasn't moving very much. had like sunglasses on. And, like, they were kind of really propping oh, him holding up. Him up yeah. They brought his dead body in no, and pretended he was alive. That is so fucked up. <laughs> and, and said, yeah, yeah, this is for him. And the guy was just, like, slumped over, oh, like, oh, like, dead. And then, and then one of the tellers noticed that the guy they brought in was, in fact, dead. <laughs> they whacked a Hawaiian they, shirt and, and some sunglasses just, on it. It was a, it was real life weekend at <laughs> Bernie's. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And then mm. they just dropped his body and ran away. <laughs> Is that easier than just getting a job? <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea. I'm sure. They... I would say bad idea. Yeah, but I bet you there was. Yeah, I bet you there's a point as they're carrying the guy and they've sort of dressed him up in the sunglasses. They go. Is this? I don't know if this is how I, <laughs> how I pictured my life, you know. <laughs> but yeah, hundred and twenty-two, good age to live to. So, uh, nineteen ninety-five, um, few big songs released. My actual first ever uh, single I owned was was put out, and it was um, Michael Jackson's Earth song. Okay, do you remember that song? No. It's about the world ending, uh, and the video is incredible. It's him, like, stood on the ground, and uh, the world's falling apart. There's trees being ripped up. It's like this giant hurricane. He's dressed in white, grabbing onto trees and singing about how we're all destroying the planet. Um, but it's, it's, like, uh, it's like Imagine, you know what I mean? It's that sort of song when someone loses the plot and then decides they're Jesus and makes a song like that. But it's a pretty song. It's the right song. It got ruined in lockdown by those celebrities. But that song's of that vein. It's I'm a successful artist. I've done a lot of good songs. So allow me the one Jesus moment because I need it. Yeah. But it's just funny because he performed it at the Brits in 1995. And Jarvis Cocker, um, a British rock star, jumped on the stage and tried to punch him. Um, because he was performing with loads of children. He was dressed as basically as God or Jesus, all in white robes sort of thing. Performing the song, and uh, Jarvis Cocker jumped up, and security had to jump all over him. And why did he punch him? Well, wanted to punch him because it was like you're pretending he's like blessing people and pretending to be like, you know. And he'd already had like four lawsuits from children's families against him at this point. But is that why Jarvis Cocker? I think it was a mixture of the whole thing. It was a different time, so people didn't care as much then. You know, <laughs> the thought of a, a sort of accused pedophile right now coming on stage dressed as jesus with loads of children 
is fucking insane. Yes. Whereas back then he did the Brits, he would have done dress rehearsals, he would have done a sound check, they would have selected the kids from a modeling agency. Well, I think it's amazing. No one went, this is a bad idea. Just imagine it's your kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've been reading about this Michael Jackson fellow, (laughs) one of the most famous people in the world, and there is some children that say he had sex with them. Quite a few. Yeah. Um, now, either they're all liars for some reason, mm. and, uh, and we kids give, do tell tales. We, <laughs> we then give Michael our child, or we don't, and they're like, no, no, we'll just give Michael our child for the night. See how it goes. Yeah. Well, it's like when Bill Clinton met, uh, you know, the famous lion guys, uh, the tiger guys, Siegfried and Roy, was it? The Vegas yeah. and says Bill Clinton met them when he was president and met their tigers, and they had uh, CIA uh, snipers zeroed in on the tigers <laughs> from balconies while he met them. If my kids were to be in the Michael Jackson uh, song live performance, that's what I'd ask for. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see that hand anywhere near, <laughs> take him out. He was definitely a tiger. Yeah, yeah. But the song was number one. No one seemed to give a shit. It was, I cannot stress how much the world has changed in this, in this period of time. From being from that being okay, and that wasn't much of a problem. Jarvis Cocker got loads of shit. He ended up getting locked in a room by Secret Service and stuff. Not secret, like Jackson's security or ex-Navy SEALs. They locked him in a room, couldn't let him out and stuff like that. Because it's like trying back then, it's trying to kill the president, Michael Jackson. <laughs> but to just go on stage like that, I think, you know, if I was him and those accusations were flying around, like my next music video would be me, like, feeding soup in an old people's home to old people. I feel like he's been vindicated now, Jarvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the decision was, you know... Everyone would now look back at that and be like, yeah, good for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hit him. (laughs) Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. I just... (laughs) Imagine being a runner on that set and just going, is this... Have we not? You know, like, yeah, okay. But pop stars are treated a lot differently back then. There was a lot more wiggle room. (laughs) You think now, like, Zane's in shit for punching his girlfriend's mum in the face. Back then, that'd be nothing. That's the equivalent of Zane Malik at the next Brit Awards. (laughs) Getting on stage dressed as a boxer and sparring old women. (laughs) I don't know if there's an equivalent. I feel like there's not even an equivalent. Probably isn't <laughs> also another hit single from that year um was cotton eye joe if you remember that oh i remember yeah i remember that song because it was the first time i'd ever hated something in my life <laughs> i remember being like six because before that i disliked ice creams you know what i mean like i'd not like people in nursery and stuff like that you know there's the kid what, i used to kick what ice creams didn't you like just you know just occasionally get a dodgy one like a mint one you go what the fuck is this do you, have you stuck with that do you still not like, no, mint, I don't ice like cream? mint ice cream it just tastes like toothpaste um, <laughs> and if there was one thing we know about Red Richardson, he doesn't like to brush his teeth. I brush my teeth a lot. Um, but yeah, I just don't, you know, I don't, brushing my teeth is a necessity, not a leisure activity. I don't do it recreationally. <laughs> not like, oh, I might just go brush my teeth. Um, but this was the first time I'm going, this is so shit about something and going, oh God, there's some really cheap people out there. The lyrics, mm-hmm. I think, stand the test of time. They don't. Hey ho. Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. I've been married a long time ago. Mm. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? No, if it wasn't for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. So Cotton Eye Joe is marrying all the chicks, apparently, I think, is what I got from it. But apparently Cotton Eye, as well, is is like referring to like an STI that weeps from your eye or something. 
That's one theory about uh, what cotton eye. Yeah, I had a quick Google before we started the pod. What do you mean? There's a theory. Cotton eye. So yeah, if you had like some syphilis or something like that, um, <laughs> you'd weep from the eye. So you know, you put cotton on your eye. So cotton eye Joe is just walking around with a cotton eye patch, banging everyone, and this guy is not married because of him. That makes me like the song more. <laughs> That's that- one theory. Okay, no, don't. The st- if the story of Cotton Eye Joe is it's a man in the 1800s mm. just fucking everyone's <laughs> wives to the point where no one can get married because he's ruined all the women. Everyone's got syphilis. Yeah. The weird thing is the song was kind of like an STI because it just sort of spread and was bad. <laughs> but yeah, that was number one for three weeks. And it was number one in Germany for 25 weeks. You know. <laughs> So there was people who were Nazis. This is 1995 <laughs> Germany, though. 1995, yeah. But there's obviously some people who survived the... You, wait, did you just say there's Nazis? No, there would have been surviving that... Nazis. 95. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? Yes, of course. yes, there's some, but I mean, they would have been quite old. Yeah, but they still love Cotton Eye Joe because it was number one for 25 weeks. Says a lot about the song. I think generally the youth... <laughs> Determine. I get the, the feeling it was anyone seventy and up was. The like, youth are <laughs> determining the charts. It's not all Nazis in hiding being like, I, yeah, cut no Joe. I think it was it was old old Germans who had newspaper clippings in the attic and uniforms they go dress in when it was very dark, and uh, and dance to cut no Joe because it has that sort of feeling. <laughs> It's a war crime, that song. But Cotton Eye Joe has been in so many commercials and movies. They must be so rich. Rich as fuck. And this is why I'm stupid, because if you played it to me, I would have gone... If my son came up with that, I don't have a son, but if I did have a son, he was 15, and his mates were I playing, have a daughter. You have a daughter. So if my daughter... Yeah, came up and was like, Daddy, come listen to my band's new song. They played that. That's not how she'd speak. She'd be like, Dad, come listen to my band's That's, new song. No, okay, how's she going to speak then, Bobby? She, her, I... I think she'll Mr. sound like Mr. Voice me. Predictor. Really? She's going to sound like me. So she'll say, hey, Dad. Yeah, hey, Dad. Got a new song. Um, and, yeah, that's how she'll sound. So yeah, do yeah, that, yeah. boy. <laughs> hey, Dad, come check out my new song in the no, garage. she wouldn't say song like that. Okay. She'd uh, say, hey, tune. Dad, come check out my new song. My new song, yeah. And then she'd play Cotton Eye Joe. And i go, Bobby, I think you should have her sectioned. Because this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Have you thought about military school? <laughs> uh, I'd probably just say, yeah, it's nice. And then it comes out and it's number one everywhere. And you go, I always knew. I told you it was nice. It was. I told you it was nice, nice song. I'm so proud of you, <laughs> sweetie. I remember that management deal I made you sign when you were four. <laughs> I own you. Yeah, exactly. I own you. I want to get her into baby acting. Yeah, she's a great-looking uh, baby. I mean that in a nice way. You know, I don't know what. Just ignore. I don't know what, what? I said. She's a lovely-looking baby. Wait, what? What do you mean? Though? <laughs> it means your baby looks great. Yeah, yeah. Some babies are ugly. You have a a nice-looking baby. I'm not going to say hot. That would sound weird. <laughs> why would you say hot? Because <laughs> I, no. I wouldn't. Why would and you say hot? Because well, I wouldn't. That's why I said I'm not going to say hot. Because that'd be weird. They have other words to describe babies. What? A fit? Beautiful. No. <laughs> Smoking baby. No, <laughs> she's you, a ten. <laughs> you just say beautiful baby. Okay. You say <laughs> cute. You have a very cute baby. That's an option. You have a cute baby. That's a socially acceptable option. You have a beautiful baby. Another socially acceptable option. Not 
You have a beautiful baby. I don't mean it that way. Like, you know, no, one is, no one assumes when you compliment someone's child, Red, that you want to fuck their baby. No one's... That's not... Otherwise, you wouldn't be in my house. Okay, I'm going to introduce a story now where there's parts of it that are funny, but it's also tragic and horrific. Yeah. Okay, so in 1995... The Dalai Lama, you've heard of him. Yes, of course. Famously fighting for Tibet, right, yep. to to be independent of China, which hasn't went well. Yeah, no, no, it hasn't gone well. But in 1995, um, he declared a six-year-old boy, Gedim Choki Naima, I think I'm saying that right. Is that his name? Yeah, I'm sure. Gedim Choki Naima. Yeah, <laughs> to be the 11th reincarnation of the Panchen Lama. Mm-hmm. So kind of the next Dalai Lama. Like the Anakin Skywalker. Yes. Okay. I'm sure that <laughs> Buddhists appreciate that. The Harry Potter. Is it Buddhism? It's Buddhism, the yeah, Dalai Lama. Yeah, yeah. And then within three days of him saying to this six-year-old boy, yeah, you're going to be the next me, the Chinese government uh, took the boy and he's never been seen again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. He knew that would happen. China is the villain here. They're the one doing the awful thing. Mm. But the Dalai Lama knew, if I say this boy is the next me, he's not going to have a great life. That boy didn't apply to be a llama. No, I, it sort of sounds like to me that the Dalai Lama had a had a quarrel with this boy. <laughs> like maybe he played knock down ginger on his house. You played that? No. It's when you ring on someone's doorbell and run away before they answer. <laughs> and he went, "I'll get you." And so what he did is go, "That boy's the the future. He's the new Jesus." A of couple Buddhism. times, China over the years, China because the kid hasn't been seen since 1995. Mm. He was six then. He's now. 30? To my age. Yeah. Fuck. All the stuff I've achieved since then. This boy's... Oh. And he was the chosen one. I'm doing pretty well. China... I'm doing better than the chosen one, for Christ's sake. What does that make me? We don't know how he's actually <laughs> doing in his life, though. He could be okay. What, the Chinese government, what do they say about They've him? They've came out a couple times and said, he's okay, he's well, living then, a healthy life. There you life. go, he's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese government have said that, it's fine. Yeah, the CCP are very trustworthy people, yeah. and that's what they've said. But the Dalai Lama has said... He knows that he's okay, and he's... How does the Dalai Lama know this? Well, no, he's been, he's he's been shown evidence. Him. He's been shown evidence, probably, <laughs> that the boy... The half-eaten sandwich or something. Is, I don't know, but the boys... They didn't throw him in a well. It sounds to me that's exactly what they did. The, but the Dalai Lama and the Chinese government both say they didn't throw him in a well, so I trust that. <laughs> this, I, so, uh, this sounds bad, okay? I'm going to sound bad, but... I would love this power with new comedians who I think are good. <laughs> yeah. Just like, because they're in my fucking way, you know, and they're coming up and then you see them and they're really good and you go, I wish I could just tweet. Going, I've just seen the best new comedian. I think he's the chosen one. And then no one hears them ever again because the government arrests them and do whatever. And I just go, yeah, no, he's fine. I, I FaceTimed him yesterday. <laughs> I remember the Dalai Lama a few years ago. He got in shit because he was like, they were like, could there be a female Dalai Lama? And he was like, yeah, but she'd have to be attractive. Otherwise, no one would listen to her. <laughs> and you're like, mate, it's spiritual guidance we're looking for. Not, I don't want to have sex with the spiritual. But this is also like a 70-year-old virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. These religious <laughs> leaders, listen, they can tell me, like, feel close to God or meditate, mm. whatever. But whenever they start, like, 
commenting on relationships. I'm like, well, this is something you know nothing about. Mm-mm-mm. Like the Pope was like, people who have pets instead of children are selfish. <laughs> and it's like, why don't you, man who's never had a fucking child, mm-hmm. well, maybe he's had a child, yeah, but yeah, never yeah. had a child, yeah. just worry about things you know about. Yeah, the Pope's child's probably at the same school that the, the prodigy Dalai <laughs> kid is at. <laughs> Which is in the sea. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> thing is, every child now around the Dalai Lama probably like... If I was six around him, I'd, I'd shit in my own hand. I'd like rub it all over my face. And I'd be like, I'm an idiot. Look at me. There's nothing special about me <laughs> at all. Don't say I'm the next Dalai Lama, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. You'd do anything to make him think that you were <laughs> opposite of the chosen one, I think. Yeah. I wonder what the test is. What, for the chosen one? I'd love to take it. Mm, well, you don't want it because you, might, oh, might, no! you, you, you cheat in it and then you'd end up, <laughs> you'd end up in a hole in China. <laughs> what, if, what if... I use Google. <laughs> Um, I want to look it up. What is the test to be the Dalai Lama? <laughs> I don't think there's none. Well, from, probably from freeiq.com. You can go on ayudalalama.com. <laughs> oh, my God. The main test consists of presenting the boy with a number of items to see if cons- he can select which of those belong to the previous Dalai Lama. You could just Google image what the Dalai Lama was wearing. <laughs> no, but it's so it's luck. Yeah, or Google. So if you, but okay, if, I just mean if if the boy doesn't Google anything, because mm, that'd be cheating if he did. Yes. So you show it to a hundred boys. One of them just happens to pick the right items. Yeah. Then you're like, you're the Dalai Lama. It's completely random. Yeah. And by the way, there's now three million soldiers looking for you. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm six years old. <laughs> Please leave me alone. Okay, so in 1995, the Washington Post and the New York Times published the Unabomber Manifesto. Mm. So if you don't know, the Unabomber, starting in the late 70s, started sending mail bombs to people and blowing them up. I saw a documentary on Netflix about this. And he said, if you publish my manifesto, I'll stop doing this. So they were like okay Mm. and they thought maybe they could get some more information from him if they published it and uh his manifesto ted ted kaczynski theodore john as i call him why well that's his name his full name is theodore john kaczynski but they call him ted okay in his manifesto the reason he was blowing people up He contended that the Industrial Revolution began a harmful process of technology destroying nature while forcing humans to adapt to machines and creating a socio-political order that suppressed human freedom and potential. Now, he thought the problem was the machines. Mm -hmm. Now, if you watch like the movie Terminator, Mm -hmm. Ted Kaczynski's philosophy is the same philosophy as the movie Terminator. Mm-hmm. He was just too much of an early adapter. <laughs> My God. So rather than waiting for the machines to take over, mm. he went and just blew up people because they had used a fax machine. So you're saying he's like John Connor? I'm no. I, <laughs> I think he's actually I think he's actually an idiot and he's wrong. Yeah. But I'm just saying at a different time, 
he might have been a hero. Yeah, I think this is a case of I like blowing stuff up, and I'm going to think of a moral reason for it 20 years into what, me doing it. That might be true. Like, you know, if I went around clubbing people with a hammer, and then I went, yeah, it's because for Greenpeace. <laughs> That's why I did it. Also, we talked about the Industrial Revolution last episode, but, like, I feel like this man who did not live before the Industrial Revolution, mm. there's no way he would have liked that either. No, there would have been another problem. Like, hey, Ted, instead of blowing people up via mail bombs, why don't you just go work with the Amish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a group of people who are living the way you want yeah, to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're called... Amish people. We'll just start recycling for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go and blow people up via the mail. Greta's never blown anyone up that we know of. Yet. Yet. I. <laughs> if there's ever been someone who I think will become an ecological terrorist more than Greta Thunberg, <laughs> who I will kind of agree with until they kill someone I know. Yeah. Come on, she's yeah. gonna... There's no way for her whole life she could just be that frustrated and not start killing people. No, of course. She'll be... Mark my words, Greta will be cancelled in 20 years' time. Something's gonna happen. Or she'll be the hero we need. Well, uh, and and young Sung Ki, you know, could, could be the new her. You know what's happened with her, though. No, what's happening with her now? Well, Ang young Ki, for those who don't know, was the, the main... Fu- uh, figurehead for democracy in Myanmar mm. underneath a military junta. For years, she was under house arrest, didn't get to see her husband when he died, didn't get to see their, her children as they grew up. She won Nobel Peace Prize. The West loved her. Then a couple of years ago, the junta, when a lot of the Arab Springs were happening, they realized, oh, we need to be kind of nicer to her. So they let her out. And they said, yeah, you can have a position in government. They gave her a position in government. Then they committed genocide against yep. the Rohingya. Myanmar the pe- Muslims, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They they committed genocide against them. And then she went to the UN and defended their actions, defended genocide. And then they put her, now she's back in prison. Yeah, I didn't know she was back in prison, but that's probably the best place for her. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> when you give her a bit of power... She was for freedom for her own Buddhist people, but didn't mind the murder of thousands of Muslims. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we didn't ask enough questions yeah, before yeah, we gave yeah. you the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> we didn't know to ask, how do you feel about genocide against other ethnic groups? Well, as long as they're not Buddhists, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just for the freedom of my Buddhist people. Anyone else that lives in Myanmar, I don't give a shit about. <laughs> no one thought to ask that. No. They just realized she was better than the junta, but they didn't think, like, are you good? No. And everyone in the West just assumes Buddhism's, like, just sort of... I know. I love whenever people are like, I'm a Buddhist. I'm like, oh, you mean like the ones killing Muslims in Myanmar? That's my favorite thing to say because it's like, just because... You don't have many countries doesn't mean the ones you do have haven't done terrible things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big year 95 for sporting activities, an iconic moment in British football. You wouldn't have probably heard of this because you're out in Canada. Okay, tell me. Eric Cantona, have you heard of him? No. Okay, he's an eccentric French footballing legend, amazing at football. Off-the-pitch activities sometimes clouded what he did on the pitch. I disagree. I loved what his off-pitch off antics were. Okay. 
Um, but he was um, he got sent off in a game for doing a horrific tackle, mm. and he's walking off the pitch, and there's a fan swearing at him, and so he kung fu kicked the fan in the face on live British TV on Sky. How did the fan take it? Not well. He got kicked in the face with a stud. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't take criticism well at all, actually, it turns out. Um, no, he just went, ow, I think, because it would have hurt. And he's, this guy's an athlete, you know, so he knows how to kick. Yeah. Um, he got banned from football. For how long? Like six months. Okay. I think he got like a suspended jail sentence or something like that. But it was massive. It was everywhere. Because football, you know, suddenly, you know, Sky bought the Premier League in 92. And suddenly it's, you know, like the effects of like camera equipment's better, everything's better. So they suddenly have this kung fu kick that you can watch from like seven different angles from the most famous footballer in the country. I miss that attitude. Um, now we have Rashford, who's feeding kids. Whereas gone are the days when our heroes would get sent off and fly kick people in the face, which was a bit more fun. The thing is, mm. football's boring. Yeah. I like that Rashford guy mm. because he's doing some good stuff. Mm. You don't like him because you don't care <laughs> about people who are in need. I'm in need of a kung fu kick to watch. You know, actually, mm. there was a basketball player. Yeah. Uh, early 2000s, Ron Artest. I don't know much about basketball. I've never heard of him. But, but he, uh, he was being heckled from the stands. So he just walked into the stands and started punching a guy in the face. <laughs> and two other players went with him, and they just started attacking the crowd for insulting them. The thing is, if you're a sports fan, you just think you have impunity yeah. to say whatever you want to these people. I think it's fair enough sometimes. And it's like, if you're going to insult someone who's two feet taller than you, mm. once in a while, they might hit you. And yeah. here's what happened. This guy yelled at Ron Artest. Ron Artest walks in the sand. The guy... Is like a wide dude, mm -hmm. like a really thick unit, not muscly, just but like solid. And Ron Artest punched him in the face and he didn't go down. Oh. And he looks exactly like you. That's what I just remembered. <laughs> what, Ron Artest or the, uh, the bully? The bully. Okay, okay. Well, Ron Artest became the bully, I think, when he started punching the guy in well, the face. Well, no, but the thing is with these sports players, they do, you know, fans do think they can say whatever they want to them without any sort of kickback. And it's like, like in the documentary Blackfish, sometimes the killer whale does not want to bounce the ball on its head for your entertainment. Sometimes it wants to drag you under the water and fucking drown you. <laughs> and sometimes that's a good thing. So, uh, dick of the year, Bobby. Our new segment. New segment. There's a few. There's a few candidates for this. Um, O.J. Simpson. He got acquitted uh, for allegedly murdering his wife, uh, despite a mountain of evidence against him. He somehow got off. Well, you don't have to say the word allegedly. No. When someone's acquitted, <laughs> the word allegedly is you say he allegedly killed someone. You don't say he was acquitted for. So what I say, he was found not guilty of killing his wife, which he definitely didn't do. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, no, but the word allegedly, he was acquitted of murdering his wife. He was an alleged murderer. Yeah. What did you, you think he did it? I, like <laughs> everyone else on the planet, am quite sure OJ committed murder. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, it's something about having both of their blood on his gloves and on the inside of his car that screams to me, hmm, you were there. 
Um, he recently tweeted saying everywhere he goes, he thinks, am I walking past the person who murdered my wife? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah if you're, you're looking in the mirror. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's right there, OJ. Um, uh, but he is a candidate for Dick of the Year, but uh, unfortunately, I'm not going with him this week. I'm going to go with Logan Paul, who was born in 1995. Okay. You think baby Logan Paul <laughs> was the dick <laughs> of 1995. So you're saying that baby <laughs> Logan Paul, a newborn baby, yeah. was a bigger dick yeah. than a man who was acquitted but clearly murdered his ex-wife and her friend. Her friend, boyfriend, probably. Yeah, I think in high, you know, if I was there at the time and I turned up with baby Logan Paul outside the uh, courthouse and held him up and said, by the way, OJ isn't the worst thing this year in, in, in media. What I would love is for mm. you to explain your dick of the year choice to the families of OJ's victims. Well, Listen, I know OJ murdered your daughter and your son. But Logan Paul has put on some pay-per-view boxing matches that I have chosen not to watch. No, I do not watch them. I don't. It, my problem with him is it, it's it's just it's the new age where I don't get it. And he's so YouTubers basically film themselves doing absolutely nothing and make millions of pounds a year. And he's just gone from strength to strength. I thought he was finished a few years ago because for content purposes, he went to uh, suicide woods in Japan where people go to commit suicide. And he filmed himself next to someone hanging from a tree. And that didn't finish him off. No. No. And he uh, makes like 45 million pounds a year. He uh, gets with everyone, I think, apparently. He's the biggest ladies man in Hollywood at the moment. Um, hasn't killed anyone, but doesn't need to, to so, be a twat. So really, mm. your dick of the year choice of baby Logan Paul mm. just comes out of your jealousy of Logan Paul's amazing life. He's got a good life, but I just, no, it's more what he represents. He, he represents, I don't Whereas have any OJ, talent. Whereas with OJ, a loser who's made some mistakes mm. and just lives off a pension... That the victims' families can't touch, even though they won a civil lawsuit garnishing money from him. Yeah, but he still gets to keep his NFL pension. That guy, you can relate to a bit more. No, but I I follow AJ on Twitter, and <laughs> don't, he, don't say it like you follow him because you're a fan. <laughs> I'm don't. No, look, he does daily videos, and they're about sort of uh, bettering yourself, and some of them are quite inspiring. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> He's always on a golf course. He loves golf. He loves golf. But he's always on the golf course. And he's always talking about politics and stuff, what's wrong with the country, how it's uh, morally become rotten, rotten from the core, uh, which if he wasn't a murderer would be a really good message. I watched the six-parter on OJ on BBC during the lockdown one, and it's weird because the first four episodes are up until like 1990. Yeah, when he's the best football player, a movie star. Everything. If he had died of a heart attack in 1990, he would be known as a sort of, like, beloved historic Gone figure. Gone too soon. Yeah, yeah, really. There'd just be pictures of him smiling with his family, you know what I mean? Like, all of it. It would have been... That's a, that's a great thing to do with a time machine. 
Well, going back just and ru- you just run you just over OJ. Kill people <laughs> who are fucked up. Do something awful when they're still thought to be great. Yeah, Ang Young Sun Ki, Baby pr- Logan Paul, and OJ Simpson. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Baby Logan Paul. He's not Hitler. You can't kill Baby Logan Paul. You can't kill Baby Logan Paul. No. The problem is, you kill Logan Paul. There's a million Logan Pauls to pay- takes place. You know. That's that's the issue, but it's yeah, his it's, brother Jake. Yeah, he's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> if he wasn't born then, he's born. You'd have, to, you'd have to kill the, the Paul family. Probably nice parents. No, his dad's a tosser. They played some game where the girls had to close their eyes and work out who was kissing them, him or his dad. And his dad's like fifty. It's disgusting. So is it like a YouTube house with loads of eighteen-year-olds? That game. Yep. I'm just taken aback <laughs> at that game. <laughs> Who's going for you? That means at some point, I don't know if, if, because obviously the dad can't always go second, which means sometimes you're a guy who's just kissed a girl your dad has kissed. No, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, absolutely gross. Uh, meanwhile, OJ is uh, living a, a life of spiritual wellness and is uplifting people via Twitter, which is rare on Twitter. You know, he's like the only guy on Twitter who tries to spread positivity, and I don't think he should be hated for that. I think he's hated because of the murders. <laughs> I think the murders are why he's hated. Yeah. And the domestic violence preceding the murders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a really bad person doing like a yoga video and being good at that. You go, I can't really ignore the, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you watch Fred West's cooking show, yeah. he really makes a great tomato soup. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm still going with Logan Paul. I'm sorry. As someone in media who earns very little money, to watch someone who I deem to be less talented than me earn millions of pounds, um, that's more of an issue to me than than an old man who made a mistake in the 90s. (laughs) Well, if you're still listening to this podcast... I would just like to say that before it ends, some of the views reflected in this podcast are not the views of the creator, Bobby Mayer, of the podcast. No. They are the views of the current co-host, Red Richardson. (laughs) It's been fun being on this show. Uh... (laughs) But thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're loving it, let us know. Uh, Tell your friends. A lot of them, please. Yeah, all of them. And like and subscribe. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to an episode of The Year Is with me, comedian Bobby Mayer, and my sometimes friend, Red Richardson. This podcast has been produced by our brilliant producer, Jody Vandenberg. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.